0: hey and welcome to wall trip unfiltered if you haven't told your friends about us be sure to do so you can add us on your favorite podcast app and listen weekly as we talk to some of the stars of nascar this week we have christopher bell He came in the studio sporting his rico shirt we're gonna have a lot of fun talking to christopher about his journey to the world of nascar it started out he thought it was going to be all about dirt but at some point just got intrigued by the nascar world And now he's here, and I predict he will be a NASCAR Monster Energy Cup champion one day. How about that? That's no pressure. He's used to the pressure. And Christopher Bell wins the championship in 2017. You guys are the best in the business. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. So I'm honored. I think it's really cool you came by. Christopher Bell, appreciate your time and uh, visiting the Waltrip Unfiltered Studios here oh, at I, Fox Sports. How do you like it?
1: I, I do. I love it. It's really cool seeing the progression of helmets over there. and um, Yeah, you got a cool collection.
0: Yeah, that one is from my, my rookie year, the, the Kool-Aid Country Time helmet. And you can tell technology's ramped up.
1: Just s- just that much. Quite
0: a lot. Just that much. Since the middle 80s. But, um, you know, you start the season, you obviously are as fast as you were last year. And, you, you know, you've, you've got everything it takes to to win races. And you do just that. You've won three times this year, but I I've noticed it's, it's weird. It's almost like Cole. I know he won. He beat, um, Kyle in California early in the season, but I would have put y'all toe to toe, you know, maybe with, with a slight advantage to you. And I heard you say after the race, not only this, this, the code word getting messed up, but you said, but he was going to beat me that that that's probably the first first time in a a couple years where you where you would feel like you know i'm not the favorite like cole's back he's faster than me right now
1: yeah i don't know man those those cars just seem to be really good like you said california he was able to beat kyle there and um even even last year mile and a half stuff bigger racetracks those guys have been really good and uh you know we got short tracks and i still feel like we're we're going to be the guy to beat but uh, bigger racetracks, we we definitely ought to get a little bit better. Uh,
0: and and then you throw Tyler in there, who's who's just come come up and w- wins the championship and in, in Miami. And I told him, he was on the show a couple weeks ago. I told him I I told some my buddies, like, you better watch Reddick because he's crazy and they're gonna run that far off the wall. Yeah. And, and he seems to enjoy that. But heading to ba- heading to the last few races of of last year, uh, I didn't see that coming. And he's just used that momentum and he's a factor every week now.
1: Yeah, I think going into Homestead, I mean, if you ask any of us, we knew that Reddick was going to be a – we knew he was going to be good just because Homestead is – Almost a wild card, right? Yeah, and it's right up his alley, right? So he, uh, he, he's a guy that not only can run against the fence and do it correctly, but he's a guy that's, you know, if he screws up, he's not afraid to go up there and do it again the next corner. So um, we all knew that he was going to be a factor – Uh, we didn't i think none of us really knew if he could put
0: 200 laps together
1: and he sure did
0: yeah and then that i i look at him just to 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 size up your competition a bit a year ago i saw him after the race in charlotte and he had hit the wall two or three times and wrecked on the last lap i think and he's like (laughs) man i don't know i just i like to go hard and i'm gonna go hard yeah and then you go one year later and he's still going hard but he's putting it together and that 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 makes him one of the big three one of the favorites to run down to miami and have a shot at that championship along with you and Cole Custer.
1: It's really cool. We got a I feel like we have a really good dynamic in the Xfinity series right now. You got um, Cole Custer, or Custer, which is obviously really good. Um, has his moments where he's great, has his moments where he's, you know, the third of the three. Tyler Reddick is uh, you know, I kind of classify him a little bit as a jack hot type driver, right? He's going to right foot down all the time and um, and it, and it's working out for him right now. So uh, it's cool to you know see that we've got a bunch of guys that have elevated, and, and you know it's pretty tight. None of us really have a clear cut edge right now.
0: Did you did you watch that truck race Friday night? That was crazy.
1: It was. There was a lot of carnage. That's for sure.
0: Those guys. I mean, I don't know about you, but I watch and I'm like, they're gonna they're gonna wreck. It looks they're gonna and then they 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 do wreck. But yeah, it seems, you can see it coming. Yeah, yeah. it it seems like the <laughs> trucks. Do they wreck? Are they harder to drive than a car? So.
1: After going from the trucks to the Xfinity cars, I think uh, trucks are easier to drive by themselves but because they have more downforce. But for that same exact reason, they are so much harder to drive in traffic because, you know, you, you go practice, you set up your truck for all the downforce, and then all of a sudden you start racing, you have no downforce, and you're, you know, it's really easy to crash. So, uh, yeah, they're easier to drive by themselves and significantly harder to drive in traffic.
0: Well, you had a, you had a rough ride at Daytona. Was that your first Daytona race in the truck when you flipped over? It was. Was it the first time you'd flipped on asphalt?
1: Yeah yeah I just you know obviously I've crashed a bunch on dirt and you know that's just part of it but you know you you see who I I saw Larson flip I saw um I don't know I've seen a bunch of NASCAR flips right and you're like oh that'll never happen to me that'll never happen to me. (laughs) Here it is first full-time season in NASCAR first race of the year upside down I go.
0: And and is it more violent? or less violent than in a midget or a sprint car.
1: The, uh, the hits didn't hurt as bad because there's so much more car to absorb, absorb the hits. Right. But the, uh, it, it was really weird being on the left side of the car because whenever you flip a sprint car or a midget, I guess you're the center of the, of the vehicle. So, you know, it's all, you, you're not getting thrown around. Right. Well, in the truck, whenever I started flipping, I was on the left side of the car. So it was like a pendulum, right? Like it was like whipping me back and forth and, um, so I never, never experienced that before.
0: I, I flipped. My first time ever flipping was right there in that same part of the tri in the Xfinity car 100 years ago. And Johnny saw it or pushed me sideways. And, and, and it went sideways. And, and you know, when, you, when you've wrecked a bunch, you, you know what it's going to, you know, you're sideways and you're going to hit. And so right. You're like, and then all of a sudden this thing just, it got really quiet. It 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 floated up on the back like that and I'm yeah. this is not good. Like I don't know <laughs> where I'm headed, but I've never felt anything like this before. And then it just started when it landed it just kept going and and, and I, I remember thinking, Okay, I get it. You know, we're <laughs> yeah. flipping. Yeah. That's enough of this for now. Do you remember it getting quiet or what 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 do you what was your memory of that crazy crash?
1: Man, I just remember just you know, I've watched so many NASCAR flips, and I say so many. There's not very many of them. And like, that'll never happen to me. That'll never happen to me. And all of a sudden, here I go. You know, it <laughs> it it turns. I think I was left side. I don't remember if it was left side up or right side up. But I started flying, and um, then I just got in the tuck position, grabbed my steering wheel, stretched my hands out, and closed my eyes, and here we go. Hang on.
0: That's right. As we talk about racing throughout 2019 and getting to Miami, who do you think the fourth guy i mean i i've got you three to miami and i i believe that i don't think i know anything can happen you can get in a wreck but that seems i think that's going to happen who, who do you look around and say you better watch him i think he's got some speed as we go through the summer
1: well right now i think it's completely up in the air right so uh and even you say us three getting to homestead we saw what happened to me last year and you know i was one race away from not making it to homestead so uh really even whenever you get into the, the playoffs it's it's not it's not a shoe-in by any means but um, as far as that fourth guy I think it's hard to hard to look past all guy, right last year he had a career year he won a bunch of times um, he has moments where he's up there racing with us at Bristol he led a bunch of laps uh, Dover he was right there so he has moments of, of getting there I think they're going to continue to get their stuff better, and he'll be right there with us. Yeah,
0: I, I, and and Noah lately has been running well, so you're right. It's probably it's pretty you know up in the air who that might be. Of course, we know how good um, Chase is, Briscoe. He he's he,
1: Mr. Consistent, that's for sure. Yeah,
0: and when he gets to he loves that type of racing at Miami. The same running around the fence and how good he is at that. So um, let's go back to the beginning. Um, start start from there. Growing up up in Oklahoma. How how did you get interested? What what's your first memory of getting interested in cars? So, I guess
1: my background's a little bit different because I don't have any family ties to racing. Um, My my none of my family raced. My dad was a high school basketball coach, um, so he you know he didn't know anything about cars or racing. (laughs) And um, it was actually a family friend who took me to the races as a young kid. And uh, ever since that first time of going. You know, he—I mean, I don't remember it—but he always told me that I just sat in the grandstands and had to watch from the time hot laps went green to the last checkered flag f- fell. So, uh, I think I just loved it ever since I first went.
0: What town? What track was that when you were a kid that you uh, first started going to racing?
1: It was I forty four Speedway yeah. in Oklahoma City. Uh, it was just micro sprints. That's that's really the. Uh, um, I guess we had sprint cars at, at the fairgrounds at Oklahoma City, but I grew up going to the micro races.
0: And is that the first thing you raced was a micro? Yeah,
1: yep, junior sprints, which are just miniature micros. So. And,
0: and do, you, do you remember, like I remember at the age of 12 getting my first checkered flag, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'll never forget that. I wonder what your first recollection was. You probably started before 12, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I think I was five whenever I first <laughs> first got in a car, and I don't really remember my first win. Um, I just remember that first time that we went, we got to the track and I was going to drive the car for the first time. Uh, my parents, you know, bought me a fire suit and shoes and a helmet and uh, we, you know, some guy let me run his car and then all of a sudden it was go time. I said, oh, I don't want to do it. You know, I, I don't want to do it. I got too nervous. Yeah. And then my parents had to bribe me to get in the car and <laughs> once I did, it was that was it. Game over. It's, I loved it.
0: It's been hammered down ever since, yep, right? that's right. That's funny because uh, when I was when i was 12 my brother bobby had a go-kart and uh, i said i want to drive bobby i know i can do it and he said sure little brother come on and so i i actually got on a greyhound bus in owensboro kentucky and rode the bus to the state line bowling green kentucky my brother bobby agreed to come to that point it was midway between our home and and tennessee where the where he lived and picked me up and, yeah and drive me to, to the rest of the way so I've never raced, and I've watched my brother, and I'm like you. I'm I'm nervous. I'm like, what if I'm no good at it? That's yeah. going to really suck. Yeah. And plus, I don't know what I'm doing. So much so that I put a B on my left tennis shoe. For break? Yeah. And a G on my right. For gas. Because I was a dumb kid, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want to forget that. That right. would be the – that's the first thing I need to know. So you get going, you got to look down. Which one's break? Just making sure, you know, that I had it all together. But th- those memories are great, and I, and for me – Race cars they, they kept and I, I wanna hear your opinion on this. They kept me focused. Like when I was a kid and my buddies were out goofing around, I was more like, nah, I wanna be a race car driver. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on that. And ever since I can remember it was what I wanted to do and when I see kids that don't have any direction and don't don't know what they wanna do in life, I'm always thankful for those young young years when I when I was focused on racing. Is that is that sound familiar
1: yeah it really does and it's I don't know man it's racing is so much different than any other sport uh, at least for me as a kid because once once you got to know it and loved it then it was all I ever thought about right like it I love basketball my dad was a basketball coach so I love basketball as a kid I love football because I grew up in Norman Oklahoma watching the Sooners Um, but that was you know a, a a pastime right like what are you gonna do okay I'm gonna go shoot hoops Whereas racing, once I got introduced to that, it was a lifestyle. You know, it was it literally consumed my life from the time I was five years old and got in my first car to here I am twenty years later almost, and um, it, it's still my life is literally circled around racing, and, and I love every minute of it.
0: Just right there. What what's the last week been like? I know you raced some dirt. Like, take me through the last ten days. What all? How many times have you raced during that time?
1: Well, the last ten days have have been. I think pretty soft, really. We went to uh, Pocono and then I flew up to Indiana Midget Week and, and I didn't race in Indiana Midget Week, but I went there and um, got to hang out and watch. So I uh, got to go there, see see my buddies and, and watch some great racing. And you know, I'm as big of a fan of the sport as okay. I am, a, you know, a participant. So I love getting to go watch, you know, sprint car and midget races. Um, got to do that and went to Michigan. And now after Iowa, we're, I'm going to be
0: racing quite a bit, too, so. You've you got a lot of races coming up?
1: Yeah, after Iowa, I get to go to Ohio, and they got um, the All-Star Circuit Champions Sprint Car Series has a speed week coming up, and then with our off week after Iowa, I get to go run that. Right on.
0: I saw, were you racing Larson and flipped over? Yeah,
1: I was. I was going to
0: ask you what happened, and I'll tell you what, what he said happened.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I, know, I know what he's going to say, right, that he didn't know I was there, but um, you know, he just... He didn't leave me an option, right? My my option was to either break and crash or not break and crash harder. So, um, that's what happened.
0: Yeah. And I thought I knew this, but I don't think a lot of people know because you know the the majority of of race fans in our country are all about NASCAR and they hear the spotters and how much information y'all get back and forth and in a, in a sprint car there's no spotter. It's just you.
1: Yeah, it's it's just you, but I I think it trains you to you know, use your use your other instincts, right? Like, um, you know, you got a you got a pretty good feel, especially how loud. Well, even the NASCARs too. But you you know, you kind of get a gauge of who's around you and stuff like that. So.
0: Yeah, when I started, we didn't we didn't know what spotters were, and then right. at some point they said, you know, you got to have a spotter in case somebody wrecks. So that's
1: that's interesting that you bring that up because me and uh, a couple people at, at JGR were talking about, you know, what how, what makes dirt guys, I, I guess in general, you know, able to race so well whenever it comes to stock cars. And I think a big key of that is growing up without spotters. You know, whenever I first got into late models, I thought racing was so easy because all you had to do was just, you know, get inside of them. And their spotter says inside and they give you the lane and you go by. So,
0: you know, never the, experienced that. Before, exactly.
1: Right? right. Like all you have to do is peek out and they say inside <laughs> and then they just give you the lane and you drive on through. So, um growing up without spotters is something that I'm very, you know proud
0: that I did. Yeah, and and it's interesting that that how that's evolved now to where there's so much information in the spotter there is. yeah and it it helps, you know, because if you're catching me and I can't see you and the spotter says he's running the fence, then I know I gotta go figure that out.
1: Yeah, that we actually were just talking about that this weekend at Michigan. I was running kind of the middle groove and double zero is coming on me and I said, man, I, I can obviously see in my mirror that he's gaining on me. You know what's he doing? He said I oh, was running a little lower than you. And I moved down, and it wasn't any better for me. But yeah, yeah, same thing.
0: Yeah, and and so you've you've won the truck championship, and and obviously, uh, when win races. This this all started with Daniel Hemrick's wife, Kinsey. Her her dad helped you. That was the first
1: first big break. Yep, yep. That's, that's he, awesome. uh, my family, grew up in Oklahoma, or we grew up in Oklahoma, running micro sprints, and. Um, you know, we bought a car and just ran it for a while, and it was getting old. Motor's getting tired. Uh, shocks were worn out. So, you know, I could go out there and run fifth, fourth, you know, top five-ish, but I never really won. You know, just didn't really have the, like, looking back at it, I didn't have the equipment to win until uh, Darren Rustin hired me to drive his cars, and then that was my first big break, and, and I got nice cars and was able to start winning.
0: Did, did it happen immediately when you got in those cars? You said, well, my shock's. Weren't this good, and my my engine didn't run like this. Could you tell, or did it take some getting used to?
1: Honestly, I don't really remember there being a big change. Just yeah. I was faster um, for whatever reason. So, uh, yeah, it, it just it worked out.
0: And that progression was to from from Kinsey's father to Mr. Ferkle?
1: Yeah. So I I grew up, or whenever I started driving for Kinsey's dad, Darren, he had micro sprints.
0: And and help me, what year was what year are you think that, that would have
1: been? 2010 was my first year with Darren and he had micro sprints and I was 15 years old at the time Um, and you can't run the Chili Bowl until you're 16 so I ran that year in the micro sprints never run a midget before and then uh, he actually bought a midget to go to the Chili Bowl whenever I turned 16 which would have been January of 2011 and once he got that midget we you know ran a a couple midget races and um, you know we were racing beside like, we went up and did a couple USAC races, and we were parked easy there. Come on. Parked beside Keith Coons Motorsports with Larson and stuff like that. So I raced around them, and they kind of, you know, recognized me um, because I looked like a mini Jason Myers, which was a World of Outlaws smart car driver. Um, so anyway, that stuck with their in their head, and then uh, I moved up to start driving smart cars for Fergal.
0: Yeah, um, and you, you mentioned Larson. What At what age did Jaws paths cross? When you were 15, you started noticing that he was pretty good? or?
1: So I, I remember as a kid, like even before that, 13, 14, um, I think it was his mom would put up videos of him running these go-karts at Cycleland Speedway. And uh, I'd never heard of outlaw karts or anything like that. All we had were micro sprints. But I was like, man, these things are cool. You know, they're racing at, You know, they're running the top, they're running the bottom, and it looked like real racing. And I've always, you know, so I would follow – him on YouTube through his mom, and then uh, and then whenever I, you know, time evolved and and he started running big cars and, um, you know, I I started following him more whenever he we went to Keith Hughes Motorsports.
0: And when you were 16, you got to run the Chili Bowl for yep. the first time, and yep. and uh, how how was that experience? Is that one of your? Was that the race you always? For me, it was the Daytona 500 right. because that's how I was raised. Was was the Chili Bowl yours? The Chili
1: Bowl is it. Growing up in Oklahoma, that was that was it that was what motorsports stood because you had you know stewart casey kane j.j yaley all these guys from nascar you had cruz pedragon and uh you know i think ron caps maybe even ran from nhra and um i'm pretty sure you know steve kinzer sammy all the sprint car guys the late model guys came and everybody did it so the chili bowl is what motorsports you know meant to me and so yeah that was that was the race and
0: when when was the first Chili Bowl? Was before you were born? Yeah, this? way
1: before. I think it was in the 70s. Wow.
0: Yeah. And that tradition has lived on. It and has. It was one of the biggest. Thir- and you, you are the only person that's ever won three in a row?
1: Kevin. So Kevin Swindell, actually, now I drive for him in the Smurker side of things, but he won four in a row, and he's the only one. So uh, got a good opportunity coming up to times. So that's, that'll be cool.
0: And, and you drive for him yeah at at times
1: yeah so we get to or he owns a sprint car now and and i've been driving part time for him in the sprint car stuff this year
0: so casey kane owns sprint cars Mm -hmm. larson owns sprint cars does when's christopher bell gonna own sprint cars
1: it's a good question you know I've, i've always wanted to have a sprint car um you know right now it's more so i want a car for myself to just go out there and uh you know be able to to go race whenever I want. And thankfully Kevin's doing a good job taking care of me. Of now I can go drive for him whenever mm-hmm. I have time. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe here in the future I'll have a car for myself to run and, um, you know, down the road maybe a – I don't know if I'm going to ever have a World of Outlaw team, but I would like to have a team to, you know, hire a kid to go race.
0: Yeah, and I want to ask you about your chili bowl a little bit more, but I was curious about this. When you think about Christopher Bell as a kid and, and making your way – are there other kids that you have your eye on now that we haven't heard of yet that you think, man, that he looks like he could really do it? Is there someone that you would like to to maybe mentor or help?
1: It's tough. I've been following it. You know, obviously, I follow midget and sprint car racing very closely, uh, and even the even the Oklahoma micro scene where I grew up. You know, I, I know of the names that are running out there, and um, you know, I for me to sit here and say that, you know xyz is the guy i don't really have that guy yet but i definitely follow it and keep up with it so right. when someone starts standing out i'm sure i'll pick it up
0: yeah and you've got your car in your house that you won the chili bowl with right
1: that's right my first chili bowl yeah
0: first one and morgan's okay with that that's...
1: she loves it she yeah. was in there taking tires and wheels off and helping us <laughs> we had to literally take it apart to the frame or at least take the axles out to get it through the, the door there. So she was helping us.
0: What, what part of your house is it in when you walk? walk do you walk by it so, pretty much every day? No, not at all. It. I guess
1: technically it would be the the dining room of my house. Yeah. Um, we just used it as open storage area whenever we first moved in. So we're like, well, let's go ahead and put it in here. Because I knew <laughs> I wanted the car. I didn't have a shop. And you know my, my garage was full with my car in it. So my street car. So I'm like, well, we got an open room in the house. Let's just put it in there. That's, so I, I don't drive or I don't walk by it every day, but it is in there.
0: That's pretty cool, though, to have that. Tro- that's a that's might be one of the best trophies ever. Absolutely. To have Absolutely. your car in your house. I haven't thought of that. I've done some weird stuff before, too. So maybe I could <laughs> maybe I could figure that one out. So you raced um, you, you, you won the, the dirt race at. Uh, Eldora in the truck mm-hmm. versus Bobby Pierce. That was—he's yep. a good racer. He's a great racer. Great racer. Yeah, that—that uh, that had to be a special moment. I, let's just take a, a, a second here. Tell me what your top three Christopher Bell moments are behind the wheel of a car or, or or as a racer, winning, crashing. What what three things stick out the biggest to you as your accomplishments?
1: So I would say my. My top three biggest career moments, or at least in, in my mind. Um, number one, my first Chili Bowl. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, what motorsports meant to me. So that's my favorite win ever. Number two would be my first World of Outlaw race, or my first World of Outlaw win um, at Jacksonville, Illinois. Because I, that's ultimately, that's what I dreamed of doing as a kid. Because NASCAR never really was around Oklahoma, and... Um, you know, I didn't think NASCAR was a possibility. I wanted to be an outlaw driver. So I went in my first outlaw race. And then uh, number three, probably the Eldora truck race uh, because nobody in the NASCAR scene really knew who I was, and um, that was my first NASCAR win, so that was a big moment.
0: What, 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 what do you remember about when you first thought NASCAR was a possibility? How did that opportunity come about?
1: So really, it—, it it came about by Larson making it, you know, I obviously Stewart and Jeff Gordon and Yaley, Colette, Brad sweet. Those guys had all done it, but that was kind of, a, or a while before I started coming up and then it, it literally looked like the door had shut from open wheel cars to NASCAR. And then uh, Larson did it. He, he went to Keith Coons Motorsports and went to, um, I guess he got the rev racing deal, right. And, and started running K and N cars. So, that was really the first realization that I can do this whenever Pete Willoughby at Keith Coons Motorsports called me and said hey do you want to come drive for me and at the time I was uh, scheduled to go run the full all-star schedule with Rick Ferkel I think that was 13 I was planning on doing that and I was pretty close to you know what I thought was my dream to run the world of outlaws full-time you know you go on the all-stars with Ferkel hopefully perform there and um, then, you know, at some point get a ride to go run the, the Outlaws. And then it was like, okay, all-stars with Ferkel, go run USAC and a Midget. I'm like, man, I can go sprint car racing or go Midget racing. And then Larson had just moved to NASCAR, so I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go give it a shot and see what happens. And luckily Toyota, you know, was really uh, brought me under, underneath their wing.
0: Yeah, they, they uh, placed you at Kyle Busch Motorsports. You ran yep. – what what was your first pavement race? Was that 14?
1: That was 20 – actually it was 20 yeah it would have been 14 2014 I ran a couple I ran two late model stock races at Hickory and then
0: uh and then I ran Supers what'd you think when you when you ran Hickory for the first time dude you're like this is different
1: yeah I, I remember <laughs> actually John Hunter Nemechek was kind of the first guy that I was around uh we went there and tested and Bon Sus was the crew chief at the time and he brought John Hunter Nemechek with us to you know, get a gauge of what lap time we're supposed to be running because yeah. he's a, obviously a great pavement racer. And so John Hunter Nemechek was there, and and you know he kind of basically showed me the ropes of pavement racing.
0: And did you did you catch on pretty quick? I suppose
1: I don't really remember. Um, I, I, honestly, I don't remember if yeah. I was fast or slow
0: or anything like that. And then and then you got from from the late model stock to a super. That's a pretty big step.
1: Yeah. It. It. Uh, Honestly, they just drove really different, right? Because the late model stocks are, I guess, they're heavier, right? And then the Supers are lighter, and they have a little bit more motors. So, um, you know, just a matter of, uh, you know, transitioning to that and, and getting the feel of pavement racing.
0: That's cool that you uh, had that opportunity, and you've,
1: you've always had great cars. Absolutely. So so I learned, I learned that from a very young age, like, you know, dating back to the days that I ran my parents' stuff in the micro sprints. You know, like I said, I could run fifth, fourth, but I could never win. You and say, then all me, dad. Yeah, <laughs> but, and then I, and I didn't realize how important cars were until I got hired by Darren Ruston to run his cars. Uh huh. So you know, back then, um, you know, cars—it's it, everything. A driver's is only as good as his his race cars. So uh, you know, I've always tried to make sure that I stay in good equipment that can make me look good.
0: Well, you've done a nice job of of putting yourself in a position to where. When Eric Jones showed up, uh, I, you know, I've done the truck truck broadcasting forever. We we said he will be a cup winner. He will be a cup star. He proved to us that quick that he was going to be able to do that. Um, we said the same thing about William Byron eventually. But William, with, with the background he had, you know, he didn't race dirt. He He didn't even race much of anything other than. Legends cars, yeah, and i-racing. and, and, and I racing. So, and he plus he was my daughter's classmate. They went to <laughs> high school together. That's pretty crazy. I know. And so, like, my daughter texted me one day, and she said, "There's a kid in my school. This is when she's a sophomore, probably. She said, There's a kid in my school that's racing. Is he any good?" And I said, "Well, I'll check. I don't know." And I told her, I said, "Well, it's, it's probably a little too early to tell because mm-hmm. he hasn't done a whole lot, but he sure." he sure looks like he's got a lot of potential and that's when he started winning truck race after truck race and then the rest is history and you know lately he and and eric obviously really good and we have you on that list that you would be definitely a cup star cup champion potentially and and that's a for people that have done this forever and the, the hundreds of people that come up and come and go that's pretty cool that people feel that way about you
1: it is I never really would have dreamed that I'd be sitting here talking to Michael Waltrip and having him call me maybe a future cup champion so I just gotta you know keep plugging away and obviously it'd be nice to win an Xfinity championship first so yes uh, that's circled on the list right now
0: and then as we race down toward the end of 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 19 is cup in 2020 the the only option you don't you don't really need another year of Xfinity I wouldn't think
1: yeah i don't know it ultimately you know how it goes it's all it's all about dollar bills and and holes so right now at joe gibbs racing they've got a really great driver lineup in the cup side so um i don't really know how it's going to work out other than i, I know i'm going to be racing somewhere and you know i right now i i love the xfinity series the the rules package that we have is is outstanding like each time we go to the racetrack you know it's fun it's there the cars are fun to drive you can't uh you know it's it's on the opposite of the cut package right now and and you're slipping and sliding and um so I enjoy the Xfinity cars so if I have to do another year in that then um you know I'll, I'll be just fine
0: yeah you're not that old yeah well,
1: po- i'm i'm older than most though that's <laughs> that's a problem but um you know I, I still feel like i got a couple couple years ahead of me yeah
0: and, and what what is what what do you other than going to the dirt races which i know is a big part like Larson he's he started getting into golf pretty pretty um seriously, which it's like a race car driver's mentality. If you're going to do something, I want to be really good at it. Right. And so do you, what, are you, what do you like to do when you're not at the racetrack?
1: Well, I, I tried to pick up golf. I think you're the one who got me my clubs. What was it? 2016. Um, so I tried to get into golf and, you know, I, I was in it pretty deep there for a minute. And then, you know, I just, I never, I don't know, just kind of fell off the bandwagon. I yeah. guess I never really had those great shots that kept me coming back. So I haven't golfed in a while. Um, and pretty much it's just dirt racing, like, uh, especially right now, the June, July time period, there's a ton of racing going on. Yeah. So um, I get to, you know, I'm just following that and, and watching all the races that I can, going to all the races that I can. And, uh, yeah, so I just eat it up and love it.
0: I think it's really funny. Saturday night, I walk into Larson's bus and Ryan Newman's there, Larson's there, Ricky, Denny. Uh, and and they have three computers running of dirt <laughs> racing that's awesome and and that's their saturday night and right. I, I think that that's so cool that that and i tried to say that on the gridwalk yesterday and it didn't work i don't know what really happened there I, I said all i just said to you and and i said is that right newman and he goes yeah that's right <laughs> can you add anything ricky no nah, you said it mike all right Sorry about that. So,
1: <laughs> that's, funny. Sometimes, that's funny.
0: Sometimes the grid walks don't always come out like you hope, but uh, those those guys watching racing on a Saturday night, I, I just thought that was pretty cool, and that's probably what what your Saturday nights looked like. A lot My of Saturday
1: times. night was at home, but I had the same races up. I'm sure that they did. So.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of history, tell me who who your top three racers ever are. And I'll tell you mine first, obviously my brother, because that's the reason why I'm a racer. I just wanted to be like my big brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was, turned out to be a pretty good role model. A guy that, that you know, I'm I'm thankful that I, I had him to look up to. And I, I stayed the course because of him, so I loved him. And Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt, because um, Richard, actually, I moved in with him. When I moved mm-hmm. to North Carolina, I lived at his house for a while because I didn't have a job and I didn't have a, any money. But... My brother said, "You got to get to North Carolina if you want to be a racer," and so off I went. And how I wound up at Richard's—a whole long story—doesn't matter. But and then Dale Earnhardt, because he was my friend and my buddy, and and obviously our history. So though, my three are pretty simple. But I wondered yours are probably more complex because of all the different disciplines you've been participating in.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know it's a tough question you asked me there before the before the show to start gathering my thoughts, and I really um, top three all time. Number one, I, I guess probably number one would would be Jack Hoddenshield because he, uh, not just from the driver he is, but, man, he's, I don't know, 50 years old now or maybe even closer to 60, and he's always smiling. And I've always respected that about him because no matter how his results are, he gets out of the car, he's smiling, he goes to the next race, he's smiling, um, and he's a, he's a right-foot-down type of person. So um, I've always admired that about him, how he can be so positive and happy and uh and i love that so hod would be number one um number two would probably be tony stewart just because you know he came from the same background as me and i've always admired how he tells it how it is right yeah if if he gets in front of the the media you never know what's going to come out of his mouth so i love how he's uh you know unfiltered and and i've always respected that about him and uh number three
0: I, As a kid, I watched Hod, so I, I, I respect that. And and Tony, there's a couple of moments when he won Indy and climbed the fence. That was pretty cool. It was. And it then was. Uh, when he threw his helmet at Bristol at Kensington. See, that's
1: that's what I love about it, right? He's yeah. not afraid to <laughs> do anything, right? You just never know what's going to happen.
0: Remember, he throws the helmet, and if I remember correctly, it hits, and he's like yep. firing the crowd up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, man, I, I don't know. Probably... I don't know you can't not like Steve Kinzer right so, yeah um he was a guy that obviously I grew up admiring too
0: yeah I like I like um, Jack Hewitt's honesty
1: yeah Jack Hewitt was definitely a guy that uh, would tell it how it is too. yeah
0: and he, he did a pretty funny interview if you ever watched it
1: yeah yeah he did I've watched it several <laughs> times so I'm sure a lot of us have yeah
0: I've shown all my friends that all right one one little game I like to play and Really appreciate you coming today. It's been fun talking to you. This is this is a bonus of of my podcast that I didn't see coming when I uh, when we decided to do this. Is like I see you guys and you know I say hey, how's your truck or how's your car? What's going on in life? And it's in passing, but you know for an hour you can learn quite a lot about a kid mm-hmm. and how he how he grew up and you know how how that you you just had a friend that took you to the races and you're like this is pretty good stuff here. Yeah. And, and yeah. your parents fortunately were able to give you a car and and you you've you now are on your way to, to 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 winning in cup in the cup series that's pretty cool so I appreciate that yeah thank uh, you um I guess the the word I'll tell you one other thing real quick um, Larson said that you were better in a midget than him did you did have you heard him say that
1: uh, I mean I've, I've heard him say that I feel like he's probably just Putting the pressure on me to make me choke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wondered why he did it because I'm like, "What do you mean? You're the you're the, supposed to be the American badass. Um, how can you say that?" He said he just seems to get things done better on those in those cars than me, so that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like I said. He's he's probably just trying to put the pressure on me to make me choke. So. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't think that's going to happen. Wall trip word association is the game. So I say a word, and you tell me what what you what comes to mind or what that what that word means to you and um it was funny because with Redick, I, I actually said larson because i knew y'all all sort of were in the same circle mm-hmm. and and he gave larson a really good compliment he said he just god took a little sprinkle of a of a race car driver badass race car driver and he dumped it all in kyle <laughs> larson <laughs> and that's 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 pretty good um we've talked about a hundred things but i i just want to ask you Waltrip word association if i say reddick what do you think
1: life on the edge that's that's what i think and you know i i picked jack hodden shield as one of my favorite race car drivers um just because his personality and his driving style well you know reddick is kind of that way in the xfinity series right now he's you know he's going to be on the edge on the gas all the time um he's going to crash every now and then which he hasn't this year, but uh, we did at Vegas right yeah, he did at Vegas unfortunately I was I crashed with him but um yeah I mean that's you know that's his style and and he's he's a funny sucker too he's, yeah he's smiling most of the time. That's awesome that you said that
0: because i i uh, I feel the same way I just like I like seeing happy people you know yeah. we've, we're blessed
1: absolutely we get
0: to get we get to do what we love to do and and do it for a long time I hope and i I just really appreciate your time today and and coming by and, and saying hello and sharing your story with our fans. Thank you. All right. Well, that was certainly a lot of fun. Really appreciate Christopher's honesty talking about how he got to NASCAR and and what his goals and thoughts are about this great world we live in. Appreciate you watching, listening, and dialing us up here on Waltrip Unfiltered. We we love the reviews. Give us a five star if you can give us one. And we'll come to you next week here from the Fox Sports Studio with another great guest and an entertaining conversation. I promise. Talk to you later.